whiskey. Well, welcome to Whiskey Unscripted. This is a brand new podcast. And my name's Gordon Dallas, and this show would not be half as good without my other 50%. It's Gordon Dundas. Ah, Gordon Dallas, how are you? Lovely to hear your dulcet tunes. Thank you, Gordon. It is a double Gordon show. Do you have to be Gordon's to do this show? Absolutely you do. I've invited Gordon Brown along, but he was busy. (laughs) Well, it is Whiskey Unscripted, and Gordon, you are going to be my new make to my oak, if I can use that expression. Uh, Good drumming, by the way. Thank you for the drumming. Can I also... Um, say that I think uh, if I'm the oak and you're the new mate, then there's lots of age involved as well. There will be. Gordon, can we just uh, outline what this show is going to be all about? Well, let's be honest straight up. We work for a whiskey company. So we are Ian McLeod Distillers. We are producers, bottlers, blenders. We have been in the whiskey industry as a business for 70 years. This show is simply a view around the whiskey industry. So we will be drinking some fine whiskey. We will be, of course, also talking to other people from other companies and drinking other whiskies and talking about the whole world of whiskey and using our experience. So that's pretty much what this show is. Totally unscripted, as you can probably tell already. Correct, correct. And And I have been out already today, Gordon. And I haven't washed my hands yet, so it's, um, it's something I think I really must do. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to cross to the sink to wash my hands. Uh, hang on. Okay. In fact, it gave me an idea, Gordon. What Are you meant to sing something when you're washing your hands? I think you meant to sing Happy Birthday twice, but ah. I don't think it is the Stevie Wonder version. Okay, so 20 seconds approximately. And that gave me a, a thought, why not do a hand wash challenge? So would you mind get across to your sink? Go across to oh, your... straight into the challenges. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm, I'm right beside the sink. This is what we're trying to do, Gordon. You've got to keep the grey matter uh, going while we're all in lockdown like this. So a little challenge. You've got 20 seconds while you're washing your hands to come up with... And do you know when I sent some emails through it? We're, don't don't I'm, I'm not, that's not what we're challenging on this is completely utterly uh, new to you isn't it it is completely yeah and it came about by what i heard you saying on the facebook live that we did last friday it was a world whiskey day and you mentioned with michael jackson did you not i did yes yeah so you have got and we'll talk about them shortly 20 seconds to name as many whiskey journalists or whiskey authors as you can Oh, yeah, wash your hands, Gordon. Take it away. Alfred Barnard, um, yep. Dave Broom, yeah. Charlie McLean, Ian Buxton, Davin de Coromou, got his name wrong, um, uh, Gavin Smith, yes. um, Ian Wisniewski, Dominic Rosgrove, Rob Allenson. Oh, that's it. Oh, 20 seconds. Well done, Gordon. Nice challenge. Uh, some of the names, Gordon, can I just ask, um, can you go from a journalist to a whiskey journalist is it just them trying to drink more whiskey or get closer to it um you quite possibly quite possibly <laughs> you have you have some you have some very influential journalists who've really been at the forefront of of making whiskey particularly single malt whiskey and scotch whiskey and other whiskies from other countries japanese would be a prime example um at the products they are now um and um you know michael jackson when we were discussing him last friday was yeah. was really one of the one of the most influential in terms of taking single malt to where it is now and and being you know 
very influential within the within the sector. So, um, you know, he's he's held up by most people within the industry as probably one of the one of the most important people um, who wrote about, spoke, and and promoted Scotch whisky. Well, I will come back to this subject as well, and we'll hopefully we'll get a few of them on to discuss our. Uh, world of whiskey with them that would be really nice uh just the reason i paused there because i have got virtually every book charles mclean has written and last summer we did the glengoyne high tea teapot dram in the edinburgh festival which is sadly not going to happen this year but that was a great experience i hadn't met him before that day so it was it was lovely day. Yeah. great to talk to him about that uh, during the festival last year no i've known charlie for a long time he's a he's a great advocate for scotch whiskey as well and um you know, there's lots of them, and there's lots of really, really good writers, and again, people like Dave Broom, people like Rob Allenson, who've who've been doing it for a long time, and they, you know, they love all whiskey, but uh, they, you know, they're very positive on Scotch as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll come back. One of the books that they always talk about. I'm reaching across into my hut here is because um, I'm at the bottom of the garden, uh, Gordon. Is Aeneas McDonald's book from 1930. That is um, sometimes held up as being the best whiskey book of all time. But we'll get back to all that in the course of the next few weeks. Gordon, you've already outlined what the show's about. I think it's maybe beholden we have to tell them who we are, what we do with the company. And that has got me to get to the first section, which I would like to compile an A to Z of Scotch whiskey. And the first letter being A is our job as the ambassadors. Well, I mean, it's a very important role. We, we do two fairly distinctively different roles, but... Um, as an ambassador, and there's many, many great ambassadors around the world, and they are uh, working in the Scotch whisky industry, and they are essential to taking out the message of their brands and the, the industry and the category to markets all over the world. So my role within Ian McLeod is to work predominantly on our whisky brands, like Goyne, Tamdu, Smokehead, and Rosebank, obviously, which is our fourth distillery. Wow. Our fourth whiskey, should I say? Um, and 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 really, that's my role is to educate, to um, to sort of empower, to entertain, to get people knowledgeable about whiskey and and across all the different touch points. So and that, and consumers that means, and, and distributors, etc. And that means traveling, Gordon. You do an awful lot of traveling. Just I, I explain do. what would be a sample or a typical travel journey for you. Well, I mean, I generally go to the US or I generally go to Asia. Um, so currently, neither. But um, no, I'm generally in the US. The US is looked on by many as the sort of major market in the world for whiskey, uh, single malt. Um, but also Asia, there's a huge demand in, in countries like China and Taiwan for single malt. So they're the sort of two main areas. But we should never forget the UK and Europe, the importance of Europe, Germany, Holland, France as big markets for Scotch. So those are my main areas of working. So that's my sort of uh, sort of job, as it were. But at the moment, it's obviously a little bit different. But yours is actually quite different. And this is a really interesting part because you're going to bring in an element of this into our into our podcast. Correct. I have been studying, I've already made reference to reading lots of books. I've been studying Scotch whiskey for a number of years now and got the job as a tour guide at Glengoyne five years ago, and then got this new ambassadorial role called the Experiential Ambassador. It's to try and bring some storytelling uh, and some theatre to the world of tasting. 
Just and as they say, Gordon, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Never does, Gordon. <laughs> never does. And we did the Edinburgh Festival two years ago with a show called Unhurried, which really started this whole project off. And it was really a, a glimpse at the Victorian part of the Glengoyne story. And I dressed up as the Victorian manager that sadly passed away in the, the, the water of Glengoyne. We'll talk about him in the next few episodes. And it was just a, a different way of tasting you're not just sitting down getting talked to you sit and enjoy a show and enjoy some theatre absolutely I mean, and you're bringing your extensive podcast knowledge to to Whiskey Unscripted you've done podcasts before which clearly I haven't well you're not showing it Gordon you're not showing it yeah I, I believe it or not Gordon we've all got backgrounds in, um, we do and that's maybe one of the reasons I asked you about music journal uh, Whiskey journalists as well. Uh, you've got a background, I believe, in journalism. Well, not actually strictly true. I'd like to say I do. I worked for Whiskey Magazine there you go. for um, about 10 odd years. No, not 10, about eight years. But I wasn't a journalist. I was very much a commercial person. So right. actually what that gave me was an amazing insight into the whiskey industry. I was in Kentucky a lot, speaking to a lot of my bourbon producing friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was up in Scotland and down in around in Europe and out in America, launching whiskey shows, doing all these sorts of things. But I was not a writer. I'd like to say I was not a writer, but I did get the opportunity to work with some of the finest writers. So Dave Broom, we just were speaking about them, um, Michael Jackson, these kind of people work for Whiskey Magazine. So I got an amazing yeah. base sort of line of whiskey knowledge and understanding, which then allowed me to become what I'm doing today. And uh, likewise, Gordon, I came from the background of radio. I used to um, have a radio show years and years ago um, on, on a, a, a successful channel. And uh, it stopped. Three in the morning one three in the morning slot. Uh, yes, listen, 10 listeners. That's good. That is good. Um, uh, there was a sports programme. And when it, the station closed, we, we just took some of the footballers and did a podcast. Uh, various sports bars around Edinburgh and Glasgow. And it sort of grew and grew. And then... It just sort of fell away, Gordon, and I never thought about podcasts. And just in the last year, they're everywhere. It's just an amazing resurgence in audio on the go. And I think it's about time we've stopped talking about us. That's A for Ambassadors, so that's the first one in the A to Zs, but we need four more entries. I need at least five entries for the letter A, and then we'll move on B, C, D and E. But we need another A, Gordon. Well, I have a great A, which yeah. I think a lot of people want to know what it actually means. They might have heard it a lot. It's aqua vitae. Ah, yes. Would you like to spill the beans? No, on you go. I'll leave it over to you. Well, aqua vitae is Latin for the water of life. And we, some believe, and I have done extensive research, that first appeared as a written term in the year 1275. It could be 1275, Gordon, or 1295, uh, by a Spanish man, an Aragonian, who noticed that the distilled wine that was being made in the local area was very good for your health. It actually prolongs fruit. If you put fruit in aquavite, this newly distilled spirit from wine, it didn't rot the fruit. So they thought if you drank a lot of it, it would do the same to your bodily organs it would prolong your life. This was literally an elixir. It was literally the water of life. And his name was Arno de Villanova. That's now I remembered it now. Uh, Arno de Villanova. Sort of 
spotted how health-giving this new distilled liquid could be, called it the water of life, fast forward about 300 years, comes to Scotland's, we translate it in the Gaelic as Ushkava, Ushkaba, which is Gaelic for water of life, which oh. um, anglicised to Ushke, shortened as well, anglicised and shortened to Ushke to whiskey. And that really is one of the etymological derivations of the word whiskey. comes from the Latin, the water of life. Well, that I mean, that is that is fantastic, Gordon, and and I mean that's basically everything we need to tell everybody about whiskey. I think that's all it. So, well, whiskey unscripted, finished. That was a great <laughs> Thank run. You. Thank Goodbye. you very much. So, I can I put another A up? I'd like to put A for Angel Share. Oh yes, Angel Share. Angel Share is um, a unique element of whiskey maturation all over the world, um, and it is the evaporation of it is the evaporation of of whiskey out the barrel, of course. And actually, it means that you have a reducing volume every every year, every all the time. There's that the volume inside a cask is is reducing, um, and particularly in Scotland, the strength is always reducing as well. Um, and we have very happy angels in Scotland and above many other countries where whiskey is made. So the angel share is that in Scotland it's about one and a half percent a year, uh, roughly, uh, on, on average, because it's generally pretty cold here. But um, I was speaking to some friends of mine who make whiskey in India, and they lose something in the region of 17% a year. Which what? Does become, yeah, seventeen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that does mean that you're really losing money through the wood and through the warehouse. So, so, yeah, we're quite lucky in Scotland it's pretty low, but it can be, if it's a hotter environment, quite a lot more than that. But that is what angels share. Wow. I never thought 17%, but I've had the question when I was a tour guide, Gordon, and you can maybe answer this. Why do you not just put the liquid into metal? Or why can you not wrap the casks with some sort of tinfoil to stop the angel's share and stop the evaporation? Well, I think, I think to be honest, we actually, within a cask, we don't still understand exactly fully what goes on in the cask. There's still a bit of magic. And um, the point is, yes, you need the evaporation. You need the oxygen to get into the cask, to the air to get into that cask, to change the, the element of the whiskey over time. So... Uh, although you lose some, I think ultimately when you taste certain whiskies that uh, you know have been matured for a certain amount of time, you can see the benefit of the the way the system works at the moment. So, uh, and also in the rules of Scotch whisky, you have to mature in oak. Yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. And I tell you what, just on this final point with the angel share, Gordon, it never stops to raise a smile when you walk into the warehouses of Tamdu or of Glengoyne, and as soon as that door opens, you get that waft of of vapour in the air is something very magical about a warehouse absolutely correct and i think that leads nicely on to another a that i would like to bring up which is um is 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 a is another distillery in fact called ardbeg because ah. when you walk into their distillery their their warehouses and their distillery there's a completely different waft and smell because of course it's from isla mm -hmm. and what is isla famous for the smoke peat smoke yeah <laughs> so i mean Ardbeg is a very famous whiskey from Isla, um, and uh, one of nine distilleries on Isla now, actually, um, and probably one of the smokier ones, um, and always comes in that green bottle, but it's a well-known, he more heavily peated whiskey. So um, it's a very unique style. A lot of people love it. Not everybody loves it. Sometimes Isla whiskies are called the Marmite whiskies. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the smoky ones. In fact, I'm not giving too much away, Gordon. But I've got one here. But we'll discuss that very shortly. My final A, because we'll need five. Uh, we've got Ardbeg, Aquavitae, 
Angel Share, Ambassador, of course. I would just throw in uh, an Arabic word, al- alembic. Uh, alembic. Alembic, which is the word, another word for a still. And yes. along with the word alcohol, alembic is actually Arabic, which gets to the historical part of the story of the evolution of distilled spirits. And we'll maybe get to that in another history section in another episode or two, Gordon. Absolutely, yeah. But that is a very fascinating part of the story of the evolution of spirit to whiskey. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, Scotland was not the first place to be producing distilled spirits. Let's be firstly honest about that. And uh, I know that in a very simple way, the Irish would want to absolutely contest that but certainly what what is unique about the scotch whiskey industry is that we 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 make two distinctive types of whiskey and we make a a grain whiskey which we produce in continuous stills and and they're very big ugly distilleries generally and then of course single malt is made in these alembic pot stills batch distillation much less volume um and um distinctive flavors between each of the distilleries and the you know the locations so that's the sort of summary of of the alembic and the the pot stills that we use well gordon fantastic that's has got our a and i have to say we've got social media chat channels out there uh, through glengoyne through tamdu if you want to get in touch with us you can suggest more a's suggest more letters uh, for our a to z's but i've got five cracking a's there and we'll move on for the next episode Whiskey challenge, Gordon? Have you got something for me? I feel like I should wash my hands. Ah, yes, I think you probably should. I do have a whiskey challenge for you. I'm just going to um, give. A, I'm just going to give a quick uh, wash before I do a wash. Good. Right, I've got the tap running. Right, what's the challenge? Right. What I would like you to do, right? Yes, is to name as many distilleries, starting with Glen. Oh my god! <laughs> Ready, steady. I'm starting Go. to wash. Okay, we've got Glen going. Glen Turret, Glen Kinchy, Glen Morangy, Glen Talkers, Glen Alachy, Glen Elachy, Glen Dullin, Glen. Glen Fiddach, Glen Glen. Farkless! Oh my goodness! It's all, it's all kicking off. It was very good. Oh, very good. That was a there's good lots one. Of oh, there's lots. There's Give lots. Give us a few. Give us a few. Glenn Levitt, Glenn Geary, Glenn Geary, uh, Glenn Murray, um, uh-huh. Glenn. Oh, I'm struggling again, but there's no, there's, no. there's hundreds of them. Um, and um, no, the key point with uh, a very used name, obviously, and it's not just a particularly name that people like to use in Scotch whisky. Uh, Glen is a valley, which of course means um, that generally there's a river in the bottom of it. So that's why most distilleries are glens, or some are called glens. Whereas, that's right. um, Glen Goyne, Glen of the Wild Geese. And if you ever come, when it all opens up again for tours, which hopefully it will soon come up to see the waterfall. Absolutely beautiful. And sadly, the Speyside Festival is not happening either. Everything's cancelled. But uh, when you come to the Speyside Festival, you're right on the banks of the River Spey at Tamdu as well. You could not get better for for water there, Gordon. No, and and, and on a slightly wider point, just to say, if people are thinking of coming to Scotland, obviously at the moment things are a little bit difficult. But when we get back to normal... Um, the ability to come to Speyside, go to Isla for their whiskey festival, which is which is a bit smokier than Speyside. Um, and, you know, just generally visiting distilleries now is such an important part of the Scottish economy, and it really is growing hugely. And uh, something that we're... All the distilleries are wonderful visitor attractions, and uh, you, you should certainly come and uh, come and spend time in them because you'll learn even more than you will from whiskey unscripted. 
Well, that's that's absolutely correct. But I tell you what, I want to learn. I want to learn what we're tasting today. What is what is on the tasting cards? Well, it's important to always drink something you want to drink. So yep. I have decided today that I am drinking my favourite Glengoyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favourite Glengoyne changes like the weather. Yeah. And in Scotland, that's pretty much daily. But um, I am currently uh, drinking a Glengoyne 18, which is one of my favourite Glengoyne. Yeah. And why, Gordon, um, why, why is it the, your, your favourite this, this week? I find it beautifully balanced. And it's a well-used word in whiskey, but it genuinely has that balance of the, the spirit character over those 18 years changing as the casks add flavour and as the air comes into the cask. Because by that point, if we go back to Angel's share, we may have lost a quarter of the volume. So we will have some air in that cask. Um, I think, so that's why it is, again, a real sort of lovely use of sherry cask, which Glengoyne does, lovely and smooth, lovely and rounded, mouth filling and a little bit of long. It's like a stewed fruits and cinnamon and that type of thing. I absolutely love it. Yeah. What are you drinking? I love the 18. Well, this is a totally unscripted show. I had no idea you were going to put our beg up for the... um, for the A to Z's and talk about smoky whiskey. I have got another E. McLeod whiskey and I'm just going to open it up right now. It's a smoky one. Oh. And it's a very smoky one, Gordon. Any clues? It's 58% volume. Uh, and oh, I think I know. Oh, go, go for it. I'm... Would that be Smokehead yes. by any chance? Uh-huh. High and... voltage? Oh, yes. It's a Smokehead. High voltage. I'm wafting the smoke down the microphone. This is an absolute beast. If I you love the smoke, I know. Uh, and Smokehead is one of the whiskies we do from an unnamed distillery, Ian McLeod. On Isla. On, so it's an Isla single malt. And it is they, an Isla. So it's one of eight. They, 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 they bottle it. And this one, they've got more smoke and more strength than your original Smokehead. And it's just something I, I think I need just to get me through this weekend, Gordon. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely enjoy it. I mean, it's a lovely whiskey, uh, nice and smoky. And, and uh, you know, what I think is really interesting is that, you know, most most people, you know, historically, people drink whiskey now across across the sector. So you, you may drink bourbon, you may drink blended whiskey, you may drink single malt, but people will, are willing to try everything. And they're willing to try things now that um, maybe they hadn't before. Um, and I think that's what's great about people historically who drank peated whiskies or unpeated whiskies is just drink great whiskey because it's all about what you want to drink at that time in your life. Yeah, and this is it's, it's still it's still sweet and creamy, but then my goodness, then you get the big, heavy, smoky, peated aromas coming through in the taste. So it's a lovely, uh, as you said, balance, Gordon. I suppose that's what it's all about, isn't it? No, oh, no, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, have a have an array of whiskies as well in your cabinet when you're at oh. home. I think that's that's the key point. I mean, I have probably five or six go-to whiskies. They're not all Ian Ian McLeod whiskies. There's other ones which other other great companies making great whiskies too. Just yeah. to you know, this is very much a, a, an industry-wide look at look at whiskey. But um, you know, certainly uh, have a have a Glengoyne, have an Ardbeg, have a Bal Blair, have a whatever the ones that you like, and go out there to whiskey festivals and any other way of of, of tasting different whiskies that you may think you you didn't like or you may think you weren't a fan of. You might be surprised actually how your palate changes, how your situation changes in terms of who you're with and where you are, and how that makes you want to drink a different style of whiskey. Yeah, well, and another thing, Gordon, on the whiskey, 
it's like saying goodbye to an old friend when you finish one. And I finished one last night, and it was an E. McLeod, um, mostly for the travel retail sector. I finished last night, and I was very disappointed, the Cigar Malt. And it's something I would love to come on to in other episodes, is pairing whiskies with food. And- I'm a great believer that actually whiskey pairs with food really, really well. Yeah. Um, because... Actually, within the, the the realms of single malt, you have such a variety of flavours in Scottish single malt whisky, down to regionality and more location than regionality, um, and also down to um, the types of casks that are used. That that you have this huge diversity of taste, um, and it can be paired really well with you know rich food or contrasting as well. So whisky and cheese. Whiskey and chocolate is an obvious one as well. Yeah. There's plenty of plenty of combinations which work really well. I've, I've been lucky enough, um, as my waistline will tell anybody who knows me, I have be- done quite a lot of whiskey and food pairing. <laughs> and I'm not a huge cigar fan, so I'm not a great one for smoking. So cigars, but just a wonderful whiskey. And it was just a shame to see the last dram leave the bottle. But that was a, that was a cracker. That's been in my cupboard for a, a number of weeks. And I said goodbye last night. Well, these are the things that are said to try us, but, you know, I'm sure you can get a hold of another bottle. Gordon, we've got a few things we'd like to try and cover in the next few episodes. I know we want to speak uh, about Irish whiskey as well and other whiskies around the world. We want to try and bring in other guests and other ways of approaching whiskey. Absolutely. So in the coming episodes, we're going to talk about how to drink whiskey. We're going to talk about trends in terms of how people drink whiskey around the world i'm going to give us an insight into my travels around the world and how um i've seen whiskey being drunk in different parts of the world which is which is a just a fantastic insight into what whiskey means to people which is fantastic um we're going to talk about american whiskey we'll talk about canadian whiskey we said we'll talk about irish whiskey and we'll talk about some of the new world whiskies and maybe get some people on from from some of those wonderful distilleries in in different parts of the world, um, and obviously we'll get some people from 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 within I, Ian McLeod as well to talk about um, you know production elements and all those sorts of things. So there's lots of different things that we're going to talk about. Exactly, and what on that point, Gordon, we've kind of called it an insider's guide. We have access to the people that are actually making our whiskey, making our whiskey at Tamdu, making it at Glengoyne, soon to be making it at Rosebank. So we'd like to focus in on a job every week and just get behind that. Today we've talked a bit about the ambassadorial roles and what we have to do, but next week I'd be lovely to get into the process, the mashing yep. or the you know the distilling. Absolutely, and that's very much our our sort of plan within with whiskey unscripted is to is to deliver you a unique insight as a producer, but also to be very inclusive and talk about whiskies from everywhere else as well and, and really get a bit of feedback on what our listeners' favourite whiskies are as well and we can we can discuss those. So plenty of different things to to talk about in Whiskey Unscripted coming in the following episodes. I think so and I think it's a lovely little half hour there, Gordon. Thirty minutes just about to tick up there, so I'm gonna Pour myself another little smokehead high voltage and wish you all the very best. Stay uh, safe, as they say, and slangeva to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever you are. Slangeva to you all. Please please get in touch with us so we can include your comments in our podcast going forward. All the best. All the best, Gordon. Bye-bye.